Welcome to the Starsology Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Arwen O'Neill, and today I'm here with my friend Katya once again. Hello. Thanks for having me, Arwen. Thanks for joining me. So today we're going to be talking about the upcoming Venus square Pluto aspect. And this is part of our transit series, but also part of our aspect series, because we're also going to be talking not only what happens when it transits, but what happens when it's in someone's birth chart. And of course, as always, we have our favorite celebrity examples. Yay, my favorite part. (laughs) Exactly. So this time we are going to be talking about the Venus Pluto square, which is coming up on December 3rd. Venus is going to be at 28 degrees of Libra and Pluto will be at 28 Capricorn. And this is interesting because Pluto is transiting through the last couple degrees of Capricorn, where it's been since 2008-ish, and it's going to be moving into Aquarius for the final time. It's retrograded back into Capricorn a couple of times already. And in January, it's going to be moving into Aquarius for the next 20 years. So the aspects that it makes now in Capricorn are are pretty significant. It's always significant when Pluto does anything in in the solar system, mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to just make a, a point of kind of noticing the aspects that it makes in this last few months of the year. So yeah, the first time we talked about Venus, this will be, um, we've talked about Mars mostly, mm-hmm. and Mars is malefic sort of planet. Uh, that's what they say, or like, you know, in the old school astrology, Venus is kind of the opposite. So more about love, beauty, friendship. Yeah. yeah. That's all I know. <laughs> Don't look. So no, those are the good things to know. Exactly. <laughs> so Mars is more about, traditionally, it was the masculine god of war, but it was about drive your masculine attractiveness. If you're, you know, a male or a male presenting person, Mars would be like how attractive you are to women or what you, you know, what you do to go after whoever you're, you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And Venus is a more passive. These are very sort of sexist ways of looking at it. But but no matter what your gender presentation or your sexual orientation is, it basically Venus is the passive way that you attract people. And Mars is the way you go after who you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. So in this case, we're going to be talking about Venus in Libra. And of course, Venus rules both Taurus and Libra. I've talked about it being the, uh, the ginger and Marianne of, <laughs> of the solar system, because Taurus is more about, you know, kind of being the the homemaker and about the hearth and uh, cooking and um, sort of those, the domestic aspects of, of Venus. And Libra is more sort of independent, outgoing, intellectual. Mm. So it's the, it's the sort of the intellectual and a little more maybe glamorous than, than domestic side of Venus. And uh, exalted form when, it's, uh, when, when Venus is in Libra or Taurus. But in Libra, it's the Aphrodite, the, the, the goddess Venus, the type of, um, of woman who sort of really exhibits extreme sort of Venusian qualities. Mm. So not to be all me, 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 but Venus in Libra is something that I have in my chart. And actually, so does my mother, which we've talked about in oh, our, cool. yeah, our previous Libra stellium episode, where we talked a lot about Libra. So Venus in Libra, you can really see in someone who wears makeup or cares about their hair a lot or, or mm-hmm. is kind of a fashionista. I wouldn't say I'm a fashionista, but I have, you know, been known to like make style, my own clothes. Sure. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a little obsessed with fashion. I was into Barbies like quite heavily as a kid, much to my mother, the hippie mother's Aww. chagrin. <laughs> but, uh, and it expresses itself in her chart in, you know, her love of ballet and of yeah. nature and and uh, we're both very relationship focused people. And speaking of queens, yeah, you and your mom definitely <laughs> queens in my. Um, I heard that Beyonce is also uh, Venus ruled. Yeah, absolutely. So Beyonce is also. I mean, she's one of 
my favorite examples in astrology because she is also a Virgo. And apparently, Jay-Z once said, if your girlfriend ate a Virgo, I feel sorry for you, oh. which is a wonderful, <laughs> you know, like, hey, exactly. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she is a Virgo and she has Venus in Libra. So, yeah. Also, she has Saturn in Libra, Mercury in Libra, Jupiter in Libra, and Pluto in Libra. So oh, wow. she's very Libra. Yeah. Like, you talk about someone who is almost Barbie-esque in her, like, mm-hmm. just utter glamour. Oh, and yeah. fabulousness, very much an archetype, I would and call her. And what part of that would be the the artistic side? Basically, wherever Venus is, Venus is definitely uh, about your artistic expression. Mm-hmm. So depending on if you have a strong Venus, and you know, Beyonce absolutely has a very strong Venus in her chart, and mm-hmm. part of it being because it's in Libra, but also because she has so many things in Libra mm-hmm. that there, there's all those conjunctions to Venus. So it's strong not only in its placement, but also in in the aspects that it makes in her chart. Mm-hmm. So you can really see just a lot of creativity, a lot of artistic expression, and a lot of Venus qualities in mm-hmm. that. So somebody else might have a really strong Venus in their chart, but it might not be in Libra. You could have, um, you, for example, mm-hmm. have uh, Venus in Gemini. And, and that's a really neat placement because I know we know each other, we're friends. Mm-hmm. I know you have a lot of friends you are a very talkative person, a very fun person. You love to do a lot of activities. You you. love to have a huge variety of friends, which Mm -hmm. all of those things are very Gemini. Mm -hmm. And you are one of the best conversationalists. I mean, it's just, it's true, whatever. (laughs) It doesn't show much on this podcast, Uh, at least not yet. But every time I think it's better. (laughs) I think we're getting better and better. But yeah, like, but that's interesting too, is that Venus in, in Gemini strives to be an excellent communicator. Yeah. So it's not just about being a perfect communicator. It's about the desire for communication, mm. you know, and, and you definitely exhibit that in, in everything I see you do in your games and your activities, in mm. your variety of friends. You have friends from every walk of life from all these different countries. Yeah. And and that's just a, a little collection mm-hmm. or a big collection rather of, of all these different personality types, which is very much a Venus and Gemini thing. Whereas I think personally for me having Venus and Libra, my mm-hmm. focus is more on sort of my partnership and I have a selection of friends, but I definitely wouldn't say I have a ton of friends or mm-hmm. I never have. Mm-hmm. I probably have more friends now than I ever have in my life just mm-hmm. from living in the same place for so long and kind yeah. of being settled and, and then meeting wonderful people who are so extroverted. Yeah. Who, who kind of, I can yeah. have like a, um, I'm a friend adjacent sort of person who I have yeah. like these second level like relationships with, with people, which That's is beautiful. And um, are meaningful connections part of this transit or, or is that something that we could see more of or less of? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really what's interesting about when Venus comes into contact with Pluto, because Pluto is, of course, the planet of transformation and destruction and it's this big malefic sort of force in the universe. Mm-hmm. So it brings intensity and passion, sort of a, a life or death quality when it oh, touches wow. any other planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it touches Venus, you can, or sorry, yeah, Venus, you can really see that that would become, you know, maybe a problem for people, or or maybe it will just intensify and make things, you know, really deep and really spiritual almost and really mm-hmm. important. So any kind of relationship do- uh, talks that you have going on or, mm-hmm. or relationship issues will be really intensified during this transit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally have Venus conjunct Pluto in my chart. It's a very loose mm-hmm. conjunction, but that I think is very different from the square. Because conjunctions kind of blend those energies. 
And that can be a great thing because it just makes the, your, your, your passion for relationships very intense and you, mm-hmm. you don't want to have a frivolous relationships. You mm-hmm. want to have, you know, every relationship has to be meaningful and, yeah. and important to you. But when Venus is square Pluto, that is a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, let's just talk about how quickly Venus moves because this isn't a major aspect. Uh, if you have it in your personal chart, it, it can be very, really, really major, but as a transit, it's not as, it's not going to affect the the wide populace. It's not like Mars Pluto, like we talked about, where you'll see it in the news. There might be things that come up in the news, and you might say, "Oh wow, that seems very Venus Pluto." Like, unfortunately, this might be like a domestic abuse thing, or mm-hmm. sexual violence, or really unfortunate things wow. like that. Venus does move very quickly, so it's only going to be affecting for a couple of days yeah. as a transit. Uh, it moves through the zodiac actually in less than a year, so it takes ten to twelve months to move all the way through the zodiac. And it uh, has a really odd sort of orbit. It does a lot of retrogrades. So it can spend only two to three weeks in a sign, or it can spend up to five weeks in a sign, depending on how you know much it moves back and forth. Mm-hmm. When it uh, contacts Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto, which are the outer planets, uh, it's only really going to be effective for a couple of days. And it's definitely something you, you want to look out for if it makes a contact to your personal chart. So in this case, it's going to be at 28 degrees Libra and 28 degrees Capricorn. So if you have anything in those exact degrees, you can expect to feel this a lot more than anybody else. And how can we find that? Like, Ooh. how can you tell the yeah. different degrees and well, what applies to you in that moment? Exactly. Yeah. So you'd want to go to something that's super reliable is to go to astro.com. Okay. And that would just be a, a website where you can put in your chart for free. Yeah. And uh, there are also apps on your phone. I've I've found fewer apps that I like that are free. Mm-hmm. And I always like to sort of focus on what's free and easy for people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, if you are super into it, you want to get an astrology consultation with someone like Alison Price, my partner yes. in, in the podcast, and yeah. she can absolutely tell you everything about your yeah. life. And that's a wonderful, maybe even a holiday gift to get for someone is, is oh, to have their nice. chart reading done. I like that. It's like getting a personal trainer, but specifically for astrology. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And yeah. she can do a deep dive for like, I think she does hour consultations, hour yeah. and a half, something like that. Yeah, that's definitely a really worthwhile thing to do a couple mm-hmm. times in your life at least. You yeah, know? yeah, that would be so interesting. And so that and astro.com. Astro.com. That's where okay. you can just for free put in your info. And what yeah. I like about it personally is that it you can actually for free put in like up to 100 charts. So I don't have a hundred friends, like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I've put in, um, historical figures, people yeah. who I like to look at their, their charts sort of on a frequent basis. And, yeah. and also people like in my family who, who were a few generations ago, I've got my great grandparents in there because oh, I like to see, that's special. you know, yeah. like I like to see where the aspects have kind of been similar. Yeah. Um, I've, I did a really amazing deep dive. This is a bit of a digression, but it's something <laughs> interesting. If you're super into astrology, you might want to find out. As, as far back as you can, because yeah. obviously, kind of the, the detail breaks down. A lot of the time, people didn't write down the birth time back then. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time they did. And you can actually find, you know, sometimes going back to great grandmother or whatever, you might not have their birth time, but you'll definitely have the day. And yeah. you can rectify, quote unquote, and, and just guess maybe that yeah. they were born right around sunrise, which will put the ascendant and the, birth, uh, the sun sign at the same degree. That's and that's a good way cool. to do it if you don't know the yeah. time. That's a, a really unique way of honoring uh, your uh, yeah. ancestors, getting to know them a little more totally. without them physically being here. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And w- um, what's neat is that in in families, you can really see the same aspects or the same placements coming up over and over again, more than you would st- statistically significant 
you know, differences. Mm-hmm. Like for some, for example, uh, Leo, Virgo, and Libra recur so often in the charts of the women in my family. Okay. Like those three signs just pop up over and over again. Yeah. And it's kind of weird actually to see oh, yeah. that the placements anywhere else are, are just kind of small amounts of, I did a, a count sort of one time. It was a couple pages of just <laughs> astrological placements. The number of like Pisces placements was like maybe two or three yeah. between all, like five women. Yeah. And then Virgo, it was like 12 or 14. And obviously a lot more, a yeah. lot more, tons yeah. more. Yeah. Anyway, so that's just me. But it's something yeah. interesting that you're talking about doing chart readings for people. Like that's another really deep dive. If you are super into learning more about astrology, that's a really fun thing you can do is to just to look at your family history mm-hmm. and see where those placements kind of recur. So anyway, today <laughs> we're talking about Venus square Pluto. Mm-hmm. And um, as we've discussed in the past, squares are most intense of the aspects. Mm-hmm. And when a planet like Pluto, which rules transformation and destruction, comes into contact with Venus, which is all about relationships and beauty and love and friendship, we can expect sparks to fly. Sort of the power trip of the zodiac, mm-hmm. this this um, this aspect if there's a lot of sexual deviance, a lot of extreme relationship encounters, life transforming relationship events on the on the positive side. Mm-hmm. And anything that that happens in a relationship with this aspect can feel karmic, it can feel more spiritually impactful, the importance of it is is magnified. And you can feel like it's gonna it, like there's this karmic life or death aspect to it, it feels more important, more intense than than any other uh, time of, of, you know, in your relationships. So we can expect a lot of tension. But ultimately, it's also a great time for renewal and healing yeah. and processing. Yeah, if you need to have a really dis- difficult, deep <laughs> conversation about something with yeah. your partner or with a friend where, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I don't want to say like an intervention or something <laughs> so where you were expecting to come out with transformation and yeah. to have like really hash things out. This might be a terrible time to do it, or it might be a good time because yeah. depending on how it's meant to happen, this is that you're going to want to have a more intense conversation around this time. Mm-hmm. And it might be better uh, to do it now when it is that time mm. anyway, as opposed to during that, uh, you know, January 1st, December 31st, where yeah. you're considering uh, um uh, the uh, resolutions yeah. and making new changes or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Get the get the tough stuff out of the way. Yeah. Exactly. Start clean. Start I like clean. It. Yeah. So that's the transit. Thanks for explaining that. That's that's a lot to uncover. So what does it look like in someone's chart? Yeah. So yeah, we've we've done the trigger warning about the sexual violence and all that. Yeah. Let's talk about this aspect in in someone's chart. Mm-hmm. And this is it's a tense, difficult aspect. Very strong feelings and emotions can be seen. A need for the a depth of involvement that you don't have with other aspects. Venus square Pluto is one of the strongest aspects, and Pluto encourages us to delve deep into relationships. There's like an all or nothing, life or death feeling. Mm-hmm. And when these people make friends or fall in love, their feelings can be so extreme that they can really attract or repel people equally depending on the other person's chart. So some people love this kind of intensity. And in Mm -hmm. fact, they don't feel like they're in a relationship unless there's something intense and um, passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And other people are freaked out by that and don't want that. And you'll just scare people off if you're that intense with them. Mm -hmm. Some people just find that scary. And, you know, depending on the kinds of relationships they've had, especially at an early age, that can just, they can see that intensity in someone and be like, nope. Yeah, (laughs) that could be super triggering. Right, exactly. Most hard aspects are harder when you're younger. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine like some little kid who's got Venus square Pluto in their chart. And if it's a really close aspect, they're going to be an intense little kid who's not going to want to leave when it's time to leave the play date. They're going to be 
just madly in love with their best friend. And if their best friend goes and has a party and doesn't invite them, they're devastated. That's a really a lot to deal with as a kid. But Mm -hmm. hopefully that gets easier as they get older. They learn not to maybe scare people off right away, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sort of dole out the the intensity of their personality. Mm -hmm. And that's ideally, I mean, some people will never learn that. And and we have all probably known people like that in our lives who are just super intense and Mm -hmm. not cool with being casual about something. They're very possessive. Obsessed, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And not just in romances, but in in friendships as well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they can come out hurt and damaged and they can hurt and damage others just in their desire to 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 meld and to to come after them. And a square is not a very meldy kind of aspect. Um, as I talked about, I have Venus uh, conjunct Pluto, and that's more of you want to meld with people. With mm-hmm. with the Venus square Pluto, you often don't know how to act around people, but you just you know you want it. There's this craving mm-hmm. for something for something intense, and there's not a lot of idea of how to do it properly. Right. Um, I'm going to read actually a, a little excerpt here from Aspects and Personality, which is a great book by Karen Haymaker Zondag. She's a, an OG astrologer from like way back, but she's got this great book. So she says about the Venus Pluto square, Pluto encourages the otherwise placid Venus to look for more, to develop relationships that leave the superficial level. And this all or nothing attitude can be similar to the conjunction, but in many cases it's expressed even more strongly when this person falls in love or makes friends, their feelings are in- are so intensified by Pluto that without realizing it, sometimes they can impose themselves on another person. And simply by their attitude, they want to hold this person in their grip, even when that person doesn't want that. So the uncertainty that's typical of a square aspect is aggravated here by hunger for more. So this person is, is very seldom content with what they have. Pluto creates an unconscious factor that is not the best foundation to build healthy personal relationships. This person can unintentionally toy with other people's feelings and their relationships become a tournament where they test their their own inner strength. The uh, the partner is set up to have to react to them constantly. Mm -hmm. So this person may do better if they have a fairly large circle of friends where they can they can sort of go from one person to another and not exhaust, you know, one relationship. Use that obsession, that passion. Right. Yeah. And they can be very, very charismatic. So mm-hmm. it's it can be a good thing if they're, you know, maybe a celebrity mm-hmm. and they have a, a wide circle of people who sort of diffuse that tension mm-hmm. and maybe are attracted to it in small doses. Mm-hmm. But just with a, a single relationship, this person can often be way too much. They need to pass through a number of confrontations in their relationships in order to evolve as a person. So that is what it looks like in your chart. And is the theme uh, mostly around love and relationship or is uh, like money or uh, jobs or other aspects? Well, it's interesting because Venus and Pluto are the money planets. What we want to say with with Venus and Pluto is that it is definitely to do with money and with power. Mm -hmm. So power dynamics and relationships, but also a money sort of issue to it. And someone who has this aspect, which is super interesting, is uh, Warren Buffett. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> when I think of money, that's who I think of. Right, first. <laughs> exactly. It's an intensity uh, and it's a uh, definite way of doing things. Uh, and it's not for everyone. But if you can harness these energies, it can be amazing. Some other famous people while we're on the topic. Oh, yes. Yeah, here we go. Jennifer Lopez. Oh. Britney Spears. Oh, 
I don't know why I'm surprised by that. Yeah, yeah Venus yeah. Pluto. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm picturing the knives now, so maybe yeah. not so surprising. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Okay. And that's the, you know, the power thing, too. It's not just about this pretty wildly intense relationship that she clearly is is embroiled in mm-hmm. with Bill Clinton, but also that, that hunger for power. Yeah, is, yeah. And she's a Scorpio, so <laughs> there's sense. that, right? <laughs> uh, Bruce Lee, Elizabeth Taylor, Jack Nicholson. Huh. Naomi Campbell, Sean Connery, who's also a Virgo. Interesting. For me, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) William Shakespeare. Talk about passion. Yes. And the writer of Romeo and Juliet. What could be the board? Uh Yeah, exactly. Woody Allen. Okay. You know, whatever. You don't always evolve well with this aspect. Sometimes it can go completely sideways Mm -hmm. and not great. Mm -hmm. Johnny Cash. Mm. Definitely like dark side and the and the wonderful side with his his lifelong relationship with June Carter mm-hmm. and Sinead O'Connor. Oh. So R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Indeed, there is a lot of intensity there for sure. Yeah. So that's Venus square Pluto. Very cool. Yeah. I learned definitely quite a bit, and uh, that explains a lot what's happening personally <laughs> and just like what I'm noticing around. Yeah. I'm still a little afraid to turn on the news and listen to oh, what's gosh. happening there because. Uh, yeah, it's it, it just seems like it's a very volatile time. Like yeah. it's pretty intense. Yeah. But yeah, if we can again channel that intensity into more positive, productive yeah. <laughs> ways, all the better for, for everyone sure. involved. And I think a lot of that intensity is what we were talking about with the with Pluto being in the final degrees of Capricorn mm. because it's it's almost like the death throes of this really, really intense placement Mm. because it was kind of the Pluto return for the United States. Mm -hmm. So they went through this incredible sort of transformative thing with Trump and the the attack on the, on the Capitol and just all the stuff that's happened in Mm -hmm. the U S in the last like 12 years or so. And now we're moving into Aquarius, which is going to be a really different energy for Pluto. That's a sneak peek. Oh, well actually we've done an entire episode on, (gasps) on, yeah, on okay. Pluto and Aquarius. So you can search that in uh, in Spotify and hear all about it. And we'll talk, I mean, a lot more about that because it'll be there for 20 years. So we'll definitely mine, mine that one for Sounds sure. Good. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you, Arwen, so much. This was so fun. Thanks. This has been great. And thank you for listening. Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together, then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. Or even basic astrology stuff or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. And I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. 
The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one-hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, tell you about where the energy is flowing, and all the rest of what is entailed in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. So just in summary, I've got coaching for people who want to learn astrology, and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from Starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.